We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into the vault. It is Thursday, September 14th, an afternoon edition here and a preview edition ahead of week two of this NFL season. The Ravens and Bengals will meet in Cincinnati on Sunday for a one o'clock kickoff. And of course, Sarah and I will be live streaming as soon as this one finishes up, once the press conference is finished up, which is typically within the hour after the the clocks run up on zero. Welcome in. As always, I'm Bobby Trossett. Joined by my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And we're previewing, like I said, Sarah, our guest bleeds Cincinnati, just judging by her credentials and track record. But most importantly, she actually has Maryland roots, a good council grad, Howard County native. We're bringing in Kelsey Conway in just a second here, who you have some ties with as well during her days as an intern with the Ravens. But she's the Bengals beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Works for USA Today. Sideline reporter, for the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball team. Lacrosse analyst for the Bearcats lacrosse team. I mean, <laughs> shall I go on? She, like I said, she's bled in, she's blended in pretty well to her Cincinnati lifestyle, but she does have Maryland roots. And without further ado, let's bring her in here. We'll reunite you two. <laughs> Yay! What's up, Kelsey? Yeah, I was gonna say, Bobby, you should have started all of that by saying Sarah's former intern. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Let me just say this though. I don't I don't want to embarrass Kelsey, okay? But I gotta give some praise to her because again, the we you get an intern in almost every year, right? And Kelsey, all of that you're doing right now does not shock me one single bit. As an intern, you were a grinder. You always had a positive, I can get this done attitude. Here's a good thing. This is hard to do. You could create relationships. I remember like Juan Castillo would like give you stories and like no interns ever like make connections with coaches or players, but you did. And like, yeah, you just always could get things done. It does not shock me at all. Everything you've done. Congratulations on everything. You deserve it all. Well, thanks so much. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, it all started by working with you and then just seeing like, I mean, I used to read every single one of your stories every day. And that was just like the highlight of my day. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say at all. I have accomplished a lot, but I really appreciate that. But I mean, it all started with my time working with you. So I'm glad that you're back involved in it the way you did, because I always felt like 
know, you just like it was so easy for you to just talk about the Ravens. So it's been really cool to see you back into it on on a daily basis, because I feel like the Ravens fans and readers and listeners really missed your voice. Oh, I love. Do you feel the love here, Bobby? I feel the love. This is supposed to be like an AFC North enemy thing, but I, I just love Kelsey too much. We'll, we'll get well, into the football, though. <laughs> we will, but I want to give her one piece of context here that I don't. Maybe she'll be surprised about. So, so Kelsey, I, I was let go by the local radio stations. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do in this space, and I had an opportunity to work with with Blue Wire, which is our podcast distribution company. So I called Sarah, and I presented her the idea. And she couldn't have been more resistant to a week, like a a daily type of format. And I was like, look, I don't want to really do daily either, but I want to do more than once a week. Long story short, like a week later, we're doing daily. Let's go. Like, it's the vault. Let's do this. And I'm just like, okay, we're doing daily. And and I was almost like taken aback by that. So anyway, that's how things started. That's awesome. If you're going to do something, you got to go all the way, I guess. (laughs) Well, um, my brother, who lives in Virginia Beach, who grew up huge Ravens fan, so big Ravens fan, you guys are his Ravens podcast. So you guys are reaching him all the way down in Virginia Beach. So shout out to you guys. Very cool. Let's get to football because it was a very startling start, I would say, (laughs) for for the Cincinnati folks last Sunday against Cleveland. I mean, 24 to 3 was the final, perhaps a Joe Burrow hangover with the record setting extension your biggest takeaway from that loss and and what you saw? Uh, It was one of those where it's like, I almost don't even know if I have a takeaway because it was so uncharacteristically bad of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I mean, Burrow's had some games where he hasn't been great, but like he's usually very accurate. And for him to have less than 100 passing yards, only 14 completions. It was so weird. And But the weirdest thing of it all, take the stats out, was he just looked so uncomfortable and not necessarily because of his calf and not necessarily because Miles Garrett was breathing down his – no, but, like, he just looked like he – it was misting really bad, the rain was really bad, and it affected Deshaun Watson just as much. But he just looked jumpy in the pocket – And it was like you could tell he hadn't played in a game like that and didn't get any practice reps in training camp. I mean, he was out the second day of training camp. And this is someone who I was the one that asked him in his uh, press conference after the first day of practice, are you excited to finally be healthy for the first time in your career going into a training camp? Because when he got drafted, it was COVID. So it was a shortened training camp. Then he tore his ACL, his rookie season so he missed all of training camp the first year I started covering and then last year he had an emergency appendectomy the day before training camp started and missed all of training camp and then the second day of training camp this year he goes down and you're just like man he's like cursed in training (laughs) camp and so I just think week one I think this year it really because he wasn't really able to put any weight like on his legs during training camp I think it was just a very bizarre and uncharacteristic performance of him. And I would say that's like my biggest takeaway because I don't know if the Bengals will win this weekend. They could very much start off 0-2 like they did last year and go make an AFC championship run. But I can bet that Joe Burrow won't have as bad of a game two weeks in a row as he did week one. Yeah, and Kelsey, like, they've come off to come out with slow starts before, maybe because he hasn't been in there for a training camp. So – 
there's no way. I don't think anybody in Baltimore is feeling like, oh, yeah, okay, the Bengals are down this year. It's The Ravens came out rusty, too, and at least we had a training camp with our quarterback, you know. So here's my question, because this will affect, like, my prediction of who wins this game. Do you feel like he is fully healthy? Like, is he 100%? Or do you feel like the the cap is lingering? I think that – I don't want to say he's not healthy because I want to be careful and not do that. But I would say that his answer yesterday when asked if he's able to be mobile and get out of, like, the pocket, he said – We'll see. We're working on that. So I don't know how much he knows if he's there. Because, like I said, he didn't practice during training camp. And the game against Cleveland was so out of whack. They they didn't run the plays that they typically would in a closer game. And then he didn't even finish the game. They put in their backup. So I don't, I don't want to speak for him. But I will just reiterate what he said. And he's keeping it very open-ended and saying, we'll see. We're getting there. So he hasn't come out of the the gates and been like, yeah, I feel 100%. I'm great. I asked him about his calf yesterday. How did he come out of the game? He said it was sore, but he feels good. So I think right now it's kind of a wait and see. And the next couple of games will be very telling of how how that calf is, if it's still lingering or um, if he's going to be good to go. I know that doesn't answer your question, but. (laughs) It it helps actually, yeah. Because it sounds like he's he's – discovering himself his limits right now right so so and maybe that plays to what you said that he didn't seem like the normal uh joe burrow i almost said joe flacco the normal joe burrow just like moving around confident like because he's trying to figure out what he's capable of yeah and you guys know like even when he returned to practice they don't they're so protective of players in practice now it's not even like he was able to get those three days like a, Mm. a rush from trey hendrickson where he was really able to move like so that's why I think we'll really see in the next cup. I think this game will be very telling as to like, is this calf thing going to be a thing with Joe Burrow this year? Well, if it is, then pass protection is going to be even more important than it already is. And I'm wondering what the early reviews are on former Raven Orlando Brown Jr. Yeah, I actually asked Joe Burrow how we thought he played in particular with him being the only new offensive lineman. And he thought he, he thought he played well. Um, I then asked Orlando how he thought he played, and he wasn't happy with how he played um, against the Browns. And um, so I think it's really hard to judge off one game because for whatever reason, the Bengals cannot block Miles Garrett, and he's just unblockable to them. So I think it was I think there were some good things that you saw from Orlando, but there were also some things where you're like, hmm. Um, but he said it wasn't up to his standard, so I take it. He, he knows what he can do better than I know what he can do. So uh, I think that he wasn't necessarily happy with how he played. And the Browns got after Burrow all day. So I don't think anyone on the offensive line was particularly pleased with how he played, how they played. Yeah, in, in Orlando's defense, I don't know that anybody can really guard or protect uh, their quarterback from Miles Garrett. I mean, that dude, he like at one point looked like he was just toying with the with the, well, with yeah, the he center when that, he was doing. Yeah, the Euro step. It was like, <laughs> and we asked um, the Bengals offensive coordinator about it. And we're like, what do you think of that? And his response was, he can do it. Like, he's that good. That, like, yeah. he can, right. they, they don't we don't have an answer for it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, do you get the feeling like here's, you know, one thing that I think is, underrated in some of this is how angry a team can be 
or momentum, you know, some of these like X factor type things. Uh, do you get the feeling that the Bengals are just ticked off and will be on a mission to prove that that was an aberration going into week two? I do. That was very much the sense I got in the locker room. And I don't think there was panic after the game because, again, last year they started 0-2 and went on to the AFC championship game. But I would say there's a heightened sense of urgency that it's like, yeah, they were able to overcome it last year, but they don't want to fall into the trap of thinking they can just start every season 0-2 and just magically get get into the AFC championship game. You just don't know. And then they also understood last year, had they maybe one of those games, they could have hosted a playoff game instead of having to go on the road to Buffalo. So I do think that there is a heightened sense of urgency around this game this weekend. It'd be 0-2 overall, 0-2 in the division, which is oof, heightened and then some. Yeah. yeah. Jamar Chase is a, a polarizing figure around these parts. Maybe just, Maybe not just in Baltimore. I'm sure the folks would say the same thing in Cincinnati about Roquan Smith. Kelsey, I find him fascinating. Every time he gets in front of the camera, it seems as if it goes viral in some form or fashion. Since you're in the locker room when the cameras are on and when they're off, what are your experiences with him like? What what do you make of him as a player? Obviously, on the field, his game speaks for itself, but he is pretty polarizing. So, you know what I think is unique about Jamar Chase is that I love social media, But I almost think that social media can get in the way of like when Jamar Chase made the comment like Cleveland is Cleveland, like he wasn't doing it to like take a dig at Cleveland. Like he's just very nonchalant. Like you can go up to him and he's just very like, eh, you know, he's like so for him, he was like Cleveland's Cleveland. Like we play him all the time, you know, like there's not much different about Cleveland when people are asking him. But then that went viral because of the way reporters reported and twist headlines. And then that becomes bulletin board material for Cleveland when reality is like, that's just Jamar Chase. Like he's just very like, you know, Baltimore's Baltimore, Cleveland's Cleveland. Like we play them all the time. Like it's not necessarily him trying to do that. Although I do think like he says he wishes he didn't call them elves. Because yeah, I was going to say that one, that one didn't seem more like a dig. Yeah. That one was more like, but that's just him. He's really funny and charismatic. And like, he doesn't do it in a way where I'm like, mm, I wish you didn't say that. Like sometimes where I feel like, uh, you know, when they did that whole burrow head thing last year, I was like, that's not a good idea. That's just, I mean, how are you going to say that against Patrick Mahomes? Like when the mayor yeah. said it, I was like, oh, you're yeah. just like cursing the Bengals. Like <laughs> Patrick Mahomes on the other side, how dare you call him? Like, how dare you call him Burrow's father? Like, like, you know, like it was just like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? But like the elves thing I think was just like funny and he's really charismatic and he's just like, Honestly, he's like a breath of fresh air because you go around the locker room and you get coach speak from, you know, X person, X person, X person. And then you go over to the locker room and you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And it's hilarious because he doesn't do it in a sense where he's trying to rile people up. And the thing is, is he can get away with a lot of stuff he says because he's so good. Hey, Kelsey, what do you think kind of going to this game? uh, It's a lot of the same roster for sure, but. Based off of offseason moves and whatnot, I know it's early, but what would you characterize as the weakness and the strength of this 2023 roster? I'll start with the weakness right now, I think, is the 
secondary in that they're just young and they don't have Jesse Bates and Vaughn Bell anymore who were in Lou Anarumo's system for years and they really quarterbacked that defense. And I think until you can know what Dax Hill and Nick Scott are going to be as safeties, they're also playing with the second year starting cornerback in Cam Taylor Britt, who's really good, but he's still just a second year. And then again, Cheeto Awuzie missed almost all of training camp because he was still recovering from an ACL. So he wasn't in there all the time with those two safeties to really lock down what they're going to try and be. I think that they'll end up being pretty good. I mean, Dax Hill was a first round pick and Nick Scott, you know, became a starter for the Rams. So I think they'll work it out. But I think as of right now, you could say the weakness might be those safeties in that that younger secondary simply just because it's a little bit unknown. And then I feel like I'm a broken record, but how could I not say the strength of the Bengals is their wide receivers? Because as long as the trio of Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins are there, I think you got the best trio in the NFL. And, you know, who knows if this is the last year, which I'm sure Ravens fans might be probably cheering for uh, T. Higgins to go somewhere else. Same with Tyler Boyd, just because they're such a difficult matchup. But um, T. Higgins is in the final year of his contract, didn't get a contract extension done, and Tyler Boyd's also in the entering the final year of his contract. So for me, the strength is the wide receivers for at least one more year. Very generally speaking, speaking of that position group, what do you think those in Cincinnati feel like the Ravens have? I mean, obviously they revamped their wide receiver room to the point where last January they'd have Mark Andrews lining up on the outside because they were that desperate in January against the Bengals. That's how much things have changed. Wouldn't even remotely dream of doing that at this point, even though he wasn't available in week one with a quad. So what, what is the overall thought? Do they feel like that this is a new look Ravens team, offensively speaking, that they're going to have to deal with or what? Yeah, I actually have a story coming out on Cincinnati.com. That's what I'm going to be writing today is what, what are the Bengals saying about the new look Ravens offense under Todd Munkin with Save Flowers? And they think Save Flowers is really good with the ball in his hands. But I did ask Mike Hilton specifically about him. And I said, with Save Flowers, do you do you feel like he's now going to become Lamar's main target? And he said, no, it's Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is his guy. So the Bengals defense, their number one, I think their number one priority is don't let Lamar Jackson's legs kill us. And then number two, I would imagine, is don't let Mark Andrews just obliterate the game. And then I'm sure three and four is probably about their receivers now. But yeah. They have a ton of respect for Mark Andrews, and how could they not? He's been such a problem in these specific matchups. So I think that's kind of where the Bengals' defensive mentality is at with the Ravens' new offense. Well, let's hope that, at least for the Ravens' sake, Mark Andrews is out there. He was limited again yesterday. He was limited all last week and didn't play. So uh, Ravens are definitely going to need him. Speaking of Mark and injuries and all that, so we got a fan question. I got this at like 1130 last night because we were teasing that we would be having you on. So this guy comes in. This is like a pure, like this is such a typical fan question. We'll get more back into the football here in a second. Ravens fans want to know if Bengals fans are able to understand that like every time we play and it's not an the, the players don't make the excuse, but the fans are like, you guys get that we're, we like lose like half our roster right before every time we play the Bengals. Online, they're always fighting about it, right? And so anyway, this fan just wanted to know, can you ask her, please, do most Bengals fans get that like, yes, you're beating us, but we're like fighting with one hand behind our back? 
Yeah. Um, I don't think that they get that. Um, but I will say it is like the Ravens just, I don't know what it is, but it seems like every year they just get like one or two, just absolutely devastating injuries for them. But I mean, John Harbaugh's proven that like with the way they draft, like they're so deep, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that Bengals fans really comprehend that the Ravens, are hurt almost every time they play. I think they're just, um, you know, happy when they can. Because, I mean, you know, for years, Bengals didn't really have a chance against the Ravens until Joe Burrow got there during that kind of spread. So I think they're just happy that they're finally winning against the Ravens, if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) Fair enough. Are you a prediction gal or what? I am a prediction gal. Um, I do not remember what I, I did my season predictions. I don't remember the score I picked. But I have the Bengals and Ravens splitting the series this year. I have the Bengals winning this one because it's at home, and I'm going to double down on that with the Ravens' injuries. Um, I think that if Marlon Humphrey can't play, I, I just think the Ravens, rece- uh, the Bengals receivers are just going to cause too many issues. Um, but I do have them splitting, and I don't think I think the Ravens will will win the one on Thursday night football. Um, so I have them splitting. So I have the Bengals winning this weekend, but I don't remember the score. Don't remember the score, but I, I think it's going to be close because these games are always close between the, those two teams. Every time, real I quick, three and a half spread right now. Is your brother really? making a trip yeah. up from Virginia Beach for that primetime game? By the way, yes, yes, it's going to be a big one. Real quick, one matchup you're going to be watching the most. One matchup I'm going to be watching the most. Hmm, put me on the spot here. Ah. Um, <laughs> let's go with. The uh, Bengals linebackers and Mark Andrews, because I don't know at this point in the season who's kind of going to be their tight end guy. Because a couple years ago, it was Trey Flowers, who was a taller DB who was able to match up with them. Um, Von Bell also did a lot of matching up with linebackers as the strong safety I don't know who's going to be the person really responsible for Mark Andrews. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. So I'm going to say it's probably going to either be uh, middle linebacker Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt, that their job is really going to be eyeing up Mark Andrews. So I think that that matchup, if those, if Mark Andrews plays, I think that one's the one that I'm, I'm going to be looking at um, with the, with the most intent. Love it. You can find Kelsey on Twitter, X, at Kelsey L. Conway. Covers the Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer, Baltimore native, Howard County native, excuse me. That is outside of Baltimore, I guess, technically speaking. But, uh, but Kelsey, thanks so much for your time and enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast. I'll talk to you guys hopefully before the next game um, in November. Yeah, that'd be great. Good to see you, Kelsey. Good to see you, Sarah. All right. See you around. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's good stuff, Baron. Good to reunite the both of you. And we're going to come up on our predictions here in just a second. I hope you got what you needed, by the way. It seems like you're... Those first couple questions you were plotting over there, trying to figure out what what your prediction was going to be this upcoming weekend, <laughs> as if you hadn't already decided it. But uh, what do you think? That was good stuff. That was great stuff. So good to see her. Um, good information on Burrow. That is what I wanted to know. Um, so you know, it, it sounds like he's healthy, but it's like, yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he has like a hundred percent confidence in his calf. So. I'm sure that played into things. I was going to ask, we didn't get into it. Like we, we talked about the strength of the wide receivers, but T Higgins, I think he had something like eight targets and zero catches, something crazy like that last mm-hmm. week. So I don't know if that had to do with some of the rain or, or whatnot, but <clears throat> he seemed to drop a couple coming his way. Yeah. And, and I did like getting insight on Jamar chase because he does annoy me. Yeah. Like, and, and listen, that's like so typical though. Like, I'm sure like we love Terrell Suggs, right? We love the talk. And he's like, we, you know, you know, God can have Roethlisberger's soul, but his bleep, you know, belongs to, to us. Like when it's your player, you love it when they talk like that. But when it's the, like the rivalry and it's just like, Oh, you are so annoying. And I hope that fans like that. We got that question in. That is interesting. There's no way I'm sure that they're like, Oh, they're missing Stanley and Linderbaum and maybe Mark Andrews. Oh, and they're starting safety Marcus Williams who gets, you know, who's their like their pick guy and Oh, running back um, JK Dobbins is out. No, by the way, Tyus Bowser hasn't returned. Like there's no way they're thinking all of that. So um, I like that perspective too. The Jamar stuff is so classic for today's media. I think at the same time, some of it's been warranted. The elves comment, and she made sure to clarify that the elves comment was too much. The borough head stuff from a year ago with Kansas city was, was nuts. And it, they shot themselves in the foot with that kind of stuff. So sometimes he does get a little bit out of control and it, it crosses that line for some people from some people's liking at the same time, you see it all the time that when, we're talking about transcriptions on Twitter instead of sound bites. Things can get taken out of context. So perhaps a time or two for Jamar. That's by the way, we're not going to some, some percentage of the fan base. We're not gonna be able to convince about this whatsoever. You know that yeah. right? that Jamar <laughs> no, will not. always be public enemy. Number one. And you know what? That's how it should be. This is the new rivalry in the AFC North, right? It's, it's no longer Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That'll always be storied. That'll always be one of the most respected uh, violent ones in the history of the game. 
But right now, it's these two teams. And that's I think that's kind of universally agreed upon. So anyway, it was nice to see her perspective. Clearly, she spends a ton of time in the locker room. And then yeah. one area that the Ravens might be able to exploit where I, I think this game is going to be close. Spoiler alert. I know I've mentioned a couple of times. I am going to pick Cincy. Of course, I'm picking the Ravens like she is as well. Uh, come later on in the season for Thursday night football at the bank. Absolutely. But um, I, I could see Zay Flowers exploiting on the outside here come Sunday because she reminded me they had a ton ton of uh, turnover in the secondary and with Bates and Von Bell leaving in free agency at the safety position that's a big deal for them they are young and inexperienced there so uh, that's an area right there and then I like what she said too in the highlight that the matchup highlight that she's going to be looking at closely if and if it's a big if he was limited on Wednesday we're taping this before practice on Thursday if Mark is able to go they may not have an answer for him across the middle at the linebacker position. We know that's where he eats, and that's where he's eaten before uh, against Cincinnati. So good perspective there. Those were a couple of my takeaways. All right, so I guess we got to give our predictions, huh? Yeah, you're going first this time. <laughs> well, technically, you've already gone first. I haven't given you a score. I have not no, given no, you my full prediction. you haven't given us a score. All right. So I don't, here's, here's like, you kind of think of where you have edges where it's kind of even, I know that the Bengals are going to be ticked off for sure, but I don't think that they have a bigger tick off a meter wherever say they're like a tick off at 10. Right. I think the Ravens are at like breaking it at 11 because of what happened in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And, and now you got Lamar back. So I don't think they have an edge on being ticked off where they do have an edge is like, they have more to lose for sure to go 0 and 2 in the division and then 0 and 2 to start. Um, 0 and 2 to start, you can overcome that, but 0 and 2 in the division, that's a much bigger um, hill to climb. So I think the Ravens are ticked off. I think the Ravens have been game planning for this for over a month. Like I, rem- I still, I feel like I remember at some point in the preseason they were asking John Harbaugh, you know, do you? Um, are you, are you, do you game plan for the preseason games? He's like, no, <laughs> like, he's like, we've already begun with Texans. And he even said the Bengals. Oh. So like they're, they've been waiting for this. Okay. The, the Ravens definitely want revenge. Um, I definitely think that the Ravens can take advantage in the passing game, but I'm very, very concerned about pressure, especially with Ronnie and Linderbaum going down. And I'm concerned about the Ravens secondary against their wide receivers and they're at home. So I've been tempted because I know how much the Ravens want this. That, that, that The fact that Burrow's not fully, fully healthy makes me think that maybe they could pull this off. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a 24-21 prediction. Who am I going to give 24 and who am I going to give 21? This might oh. Goodness gracious. You know what? You know what? Here's why I'm not saying it. I feel like in my gut the Bengals are going to win because of these injuries, right? In my gut, I feel like they're going to win. But dang it, I'm going to go for it. Ravens 24, Bengals 21. Okay, cool. Go chill on your island and sunbathe. <laughs> Do your thing. Mental note, by the way, always go first. She takes forever to predict. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially when I'm not – like last week I could do it quickly because I knew, like I felt very confident. This one, I feel like I'm going out on a limb, so it takes me a minute. It's all good. It's a good prediction. I'm going 28-24, Cincy over Baltimore. It's their home opener. 
They're coming in pissed off. Both teams are, as Roquan mentioned, like we said. I like what you said there in terms of not let's not overplay the whole pissed off thing going into this, right? They Both teams understand how important this divisional game is. Cincy knows that starting 0-2 in the division could certainly be a major have major implications on their chances of winning the division. And then you look at what we looked at, and, and Cole Jackson and I are going to talk about this on Thursday as well. You look at what the offensive line did on, on Sunday in that first half specifically. It just concerns me now knowing that two of those five that were there aren't going to be there on Sunday in all likelihood and Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum. So I'm going to go with Cincy 28-24, but you better believe it later on in the season when it's primetime football under the lights at the bank. I see the Ravens splitting that series there, and uh, we'll, move, we'll move forward on that. As always, we wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. They're supporting everything we do here inside the vault. So thank you, Bill Justice and Toei Faree. We appreciate you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you want to check out what we're offering, there's some incentive in there, and there's, it's also a great way to just support what we're doing. Patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast is the place to be. Go check it out, and we appreciate you as always. Anything that we got to cover? Obviously, Roquan will join us again for episode number two of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith, powered by Cybertech. That's coming up on Monday after this one finishes up. And regardless of what happens, it's going to be, I'm sure, a, a can't miss episode. So we look forward to that. Post game live streaming will be once press conferences wrap up on Sunday. I'll be pre gaming with Jack Settlement across all of our platforms at 12 noon on Sunday. You can always hit us up via email in the meantime at Baltimore Ravens Vault at gmail.com. Have I missed anything? Yeah, no, that, that post game show for sure. And then we'll have a morning vault Friday morning. Yeah. And you can yep. follow the vault as of just a week or so ago on Twitter at Ravens Vault. It's a great place to get small little takeaway clips from Roquan and other pieces of content for us in our continued pursuit of what we're building here. So huge thanks to Kelsey Conway. Again, you can find her on Twitter at Kelsey L Conway to follow all things Bengals. She's got those Baltimore ties. So you never know. She's always got a little bit of Maryland in her. And it seems like her brother's a big Ravens fan and a friend of the show too. That was kind of cool. Love that. Did not realize that. So anyway, this is your week two preview episode. There'll be one every single week for all 17 games. And we want to hear from you as well, because there's, we know some of you that are diehards follow other beat reporters from other teams specifically in division so if there is someone specific that you want to hear from and you want us to have inside the vault this season hit us up and let us know who that might be so for sarah ellison i'm bobby trofsett signing off from this double edition here on thursday inside the vault preview is down we're coming up on a friday morning vault and then it'll be game time right around the corner